Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you as you grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus. Grab your notebook and a pen as we get right into the message. All right, well today we are right at halfway through a series that we're simply calling all in. Why are we calling it all in? Well, that's our phrase of the year. Typically, we have a word of the year, but God decided to make it two words, so it's a phrase of the year. And I believe that this year is going to be the biggest challenge of all time for Encounter Church. We've seen the expansion. We've seen the advancement. We've seen the multiplication over the last few years. But I believe that this year, God has called us to step in full force with both feet. We've got to be all in. If we want to see God accomplish great things for his kingdom, we can't be partially in here and partially in there, right? Jesus said you've got to be hot or cold. It's not lukewarm. You've got to be all in. So I hope and I trust that in and through this series that you're taking the time to read along with us. You see, we're going through an incredible book of the Bible, a a short book, but a challenging book nonetheless, a book that's simply called James, written by James. This is the half-brother of Jesus. He didn't become a believer until after Jesus' resurrection from the grave. But God got a hold of his life. God began to use him in incredible ways. And he wrote this book to the early believers because he saw something was lacking in their lives. He realized that they had the head knowledge, they they had an understanding, but they hadn't truly applied everything that God had for them. There was a, a lack of maturity in their faith. Maybe you're here today and if you were honest with yourself, you say that that's where I am, pastor. I, I've got some head knowledge or maybe you say I don't even know that I've got the head knowledge. But there's an immaturity in your faith. Our goal, our hope, our desire is that in and through this series, we'll move from just being average churchgoers to a place of truly being all in in our walk with Christ. Now, I shared with you a moment ago that today we're going to talk about watching our mouth. And I believe that our mouth has got many of us in trouble. Right? Anybody? Anybody? Come on, let's mess up right now. Yeah. Our mouth gets us in a lot of trouble because sometimes we say things out loud that we probably shouldn't have said out loud. Right? Remember that inside voice? Inside voice. And sometimes these things come out and we're like, wow, where did that come? I want to talk about that today. Where does that come from, and then how do we go about making a change in that? Because the Bible says this in James chapter 1, verse 26, if you claim to be religious, now listen carefully this morning, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is, say it with me, worthless. Should I just close in prayer right there? If we claim to be religious, man, I go to church three times a month. I go to church six times a month. I go to church every time the doors are open. I'm religious. I'm faithful. I read the word daily. I spend time in prayer, but I gossip. I backbite. I criticize. I 
do we see a contradiction there? James says if we claim to be religious, but we aren't controlling our tongue, we're fooling ourselves, and our religion is worthless. That really all we're doing is going through the motions and, and playing the game. I'm told that the average American has about 30 conversations per day. That we'll spend one-fifth of our lifetime talking. Your conversations will fill 66 books, about 800 words per page in that book. If you're a man, you speak an average of 20,000 words a day. This is going to surprise you, but if you're a woman, you speak 30,000 words a day. It's kind of like the, the guy that was asked, he said, do you resent that your wife always has the last word? His reply was this, no, I'm just glad she finally gets there. <laughs> Has your tongue ever gotten you in trouble? Uh, yeah, probably more than we'd like to admit, right? Our tongue gets us in trouble. James says more about the tongue than anyone else in the entire New Testament. In fact, every chapter of the book of James has something to say about managing your mouth. In fact, at this point, he says, if you could control your tongue, you'd be perfect. Look what it says. James chapter 3, verse 2. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, this word perfect here does not mean sinless. This word perfect here does not mean without flaw. What James is referring to here is a, a maturity. He says, if you could come to the place where you could control your mouth, if you come to the place where you can control the words that come out of your mouth, if you come to that place, then you'll be more mature that truthfully you'll be lacking nothing. If you're able to control your tongue, you're on the road to maturity. Now, why is that important? Why do we need to take the time to manage our mouth? Well, if you don't like what James has to say, how about what Jesus has to say? Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. Jesus says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Wow. You're going to give an account for the words that come out of your mouth. Now, James says it this way in chapter 2. So whatever you say and whatever you do, remember, you will be judged. Either of those two alone are reason enough that we've got to come to the place that we learn to manage our mouth, that we watch what we say. Today, I want to give you three reasons why you should manage your mouth. Number one is this, your words direct where you go. Your words direct where you go. James chapter 3, verse 3 says this, you can make a large horse go wherever we want. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
Now, just like that small bit in the horse's mouth, the tongue has tremendous influence and control in our lives. Think about it for a second. Where are you headed in your, in your life? Where are you going to be in 10 years from now? I would venture to say if you begin to look at your conversations, you begin to look at the things that you're saying, the environment that you're hanging out in, that is going to steer where you're going to be down the road. The words that come out of your mouth have the potential to direct where you go. Why? Because words lead to actions which guide our steps. Let me say that again. Words lead to action which guide our steps. But here's the problem. We say things like this, well, the tongue is so small, it, it, it's tiny, it, it must be insignificant, it's not going to have much influence in my life, but truth be told, it has tremendous power. Just like this bit in the horse's mouth, your tongue controls the direction of your life. Now, James, in his illustration here, it's almost as if he says this, okay, if the horse doesn't make any sense to you, let me give you something else to grab a hold of. He begins to talk about a large ship. He says a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. It may be one small, one misguided step followed by another, but the end result is that the life is miles and miles and miles off the course of what God has planned for you. One word begins to change the course of where you're headed. One word followed by another, followed by another, followed by another, takes you so far off the course of what God had planned for your life. I'm told that the now retired ocean liner, Queen Mary, had three acres of recreational space. Its anchor was equal to the weight of 10 cars. Yet a relatively small rudder directed this huge ocean liner in the middle of the waves in the middle of the wind, in the middle of the sea. This little rudder kept it on course even when the wind was extremely forceful. Your tongue is like that. Your tongue is like that rudder that steers your life. Your tongue directs where you go. Your tongue is a steering wheel for your life. I would say this, if you don't like the direction you're headed right now, change what comes out of your mouth. Come on, think about this. Proverbs 15 says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. How do you respond in difficult situations? How do you respond when, when things really aren't going the way that you want them to go? 
When you're confronted with that confrontation in life, when you're confronted with that issue in life, how are you going to respond? What are you going to say? What are you going to allow to come out of your mouth? I challenge you today, watch your mouth. Too, uh, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible. Keep your mouth shut. Be sensible. I've been told this, an intelligent person knows what to say, but a wise person knows whether to say it or not. Come on, let me, let me say that again. An intelligent person may know what to say, but a wise person knows whether to say it or not. In our, tr- our version here of Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer deflects anger. Harsh words make tempers flare. Another translation says it this way, just turn off the flow. Turn off the flow. When, when you find yourself going the wrong direction, when you find that your words really aren't guiding you down the path that you know you should go, when you find yourself saying things that you know that you shouldn't be saying, just turn off the flow and change directions. Our second reason is this. Your words can destroy what you have. Your words can destroy what you have. Look what it says in verse 5 and 6. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. One translation says, the tongue is small, but what enormous damage it can do. Why? Because your words, like fire, can spread quickly and wreak havoc. I wonder today, how many people, because of Careless words have destroyed their marriage, have destroyed their career, their reputation, or the reputation of somebody else, perhaps have destroyed their church or even friendships and relationships, all because they were careless with what they allowed to come out of their mouth. They they failed to turn off the flow. They failed to watch their mouth. They failed to take control of this thing that can spark fire and wreak havoc in life. You see, the tongue not only has the ability and the power to direct, but it also has the ability to destroy what you have if you don't learn to control it. But understand this. Fire by itself is not bad. Fire under control can give tremendous warmth and light. But fire and words out of control can be devastating. 
gossip, harsh words, perverse talk. They can and ultimately will destroy what lies before you. Let the words that you speak breathe life into the world around you. Again, fire under control brings warmth. I got up this morning, our house is a little bit chilly. My, li- my wife likes our house cool at night, so we had the thermostat turned down. I'm one of those that I have like 17 blankets on me because I'm cold all the time. I got up this morning, it was cold in the house, so we have a, a fireplace there, and I, I flipped a little switch and the fireplace came on. That fire under control brings warmth. I mean, even my cats love the fire. They're sprawled out in front of this thing. In fact, when I turned it off, one of them just looked at it like, dude, what did you do? Talked about our fire pit last week. A couple years ago, I was burning some boxes. There's some trees above our fire pit, pretty high up there, but still trees. Well, how do you know when you're burning boxes, sometimes those flames can get a wee bit high, right? Well, I was burning these boxes, and I was just kind of throwing boxes in this fire pit, and I was going, and before I knew it, the flames were about this high in that fire pit. And I'm watching the leaves on this tree that are green, and now they're starting to do this. So I holler at my kids, grab the water hose quick, because I knew that if I didn't get this thing under control, that something bad was about to take place. Come on, anybody ever done something like that. Somebody help me. Come on, one of you. Thank you, Levi. Thank you, Levi, for coming to my rescue. Fire out of control has the ability to wreak havoc and destroy what you have. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 21. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. Watch your words. Control your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. And then in chapter 18, verse 21, it says this. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Where are your words leading you today? What effect are the words that you speak having on the people around you? What effect are the words that you speak having on your relationships? What impact are they having on the environment that's around you? It's time to begin to manage our words, to watch what we say, to watch the things that come out of our mouth. Our third reason is this. Your words display who you are. Come on, look at this. If you claim to be a follower of Christ, then you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you're not the old person, that that old person is gone, that the new creation has been established, that God has created you anew with a new purpose and a new drive. And I wonder, what are the words that you are speaking? What are the things that are coming out of your mouth? What are they saying about you? Verse 9 and 10, James says this, with our tongues We bless God our Father with the same tongue. We curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth 
My friends, this cannot go on. That's what he says. He says, how can we claim to be a follower of Christ? We say that we're religious. We say that we have a relationship with God. We say that we come to church. We claim to have this this connection with who he is. But then we step outside of these doors and we flip a switch and suddenly all sorts of hell begins to come out. An inconsistency. Discrepancy. Contradiction. Coming from the same mouth. James says, my friends, this cannot go on. If the tongue is inconsistent, there's something wrong with the heart. You have inconsistency going on inside your life. There needs to be a time of repentance and purification. We're going to talk about this heart issue in just a moment. Look what he says in verse 11 and 12. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Come on, can can your, let's just say a faucet. You turn on your faucet. In one moment, you're not going to have fresh water. In the next moment, bitter water. There's one line, one water line coming through. That water is going to flow. When you turn that on, that's what's going to come out. He says in verse 12, does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. In essence, he says we praise God on Sunday, but then we turn around and curse one another on Monday. We spend our time in praise and worship on a Sunday. We may even come to a Wednesday night worship time, yet we get into our cars and we begin to argue with one another almost instantly. Isn't it amazing how quickly our tone can change? One minute we're praising God. The next we're cursing our neighbor. I don't know about you, but this bothers me immensely. I hope it bothers you too. Christians are to be people of consistency, modeling the very representation of who Christ is, of who God is. Who is he? He is love. He is consistent. He is faithful. We are to daily represent Jesus in all that we say and in all that we do. But look what it says in Matthew 15. But what comes out of the mouth gets its starts where? In the heart. So I said it a moment ago, if you're struggling to watch your mouth, you're struggling to control what comes out of your mouth, if you're really having this inconsistency going on, it's not necessarily a tongue problem. It's a heart problem. Are you trekking with me today? Is this making sense? It's not that we need to go to God and say, God, would you give me a tongue transplant today? This tongue isn't working for me. There's too much junk coming out of this tongue. This tongue's not good. Get rid of this tongue and give me a new one. That's not the problem. See, what comes out of the mouth originates in the heart. We need to cry out as David cried out. 
Create in me a clean heart. Lord, renew a right spirit in me. Lord, I don't want to just clean up the outside, but God, I want to clean up the inside of who I am. It's a lifestyle that is all in. A lifestyle that doesn't participate in inconsistencies. But it steps in with both feet that says, Lord, help me to resemble you in all that I do. The problem is the heart. But maybe you've heard this excuse. Somebody begins, maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody else, they begin to spout out just all sorts of craziness mean and hurtful things and almost instantly they get done and they realize whoa what did i just say and then we say things like this i'm so sorry i don't know what got into me i'm not like that i don't know why i said that that's totally out of my character come on have you ever said that james says don't fool yourself that's just like who you are. Because what's coming out of your mouth is in your heart. You may not have verbalized it before, but it's, it's there. And now you're entertaining it. Now you're putting action to it. Now you're beginning to speak it. What you need is a, a heart change. You can't have a spring that one minute gives salt water and the next minute gives fresh water. The mixing of salt and fresh water results in a loss of freshness and cleanliness. It's inconsistency. Matthew 12, 34 says, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. See, if you've got a problem with your tongue today, you've got a heart problem. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a few moments to have a heart transplant. In Ezekiel, it says, takes that old, stony, stubborn heart, and he replaces it with a tender, responsive heart. Three very simple steps to manage the mouth. Number one, get a new heart and mind. Get a new heart and mind. Ezekiel 18 says, rid yourself of all the offenses that you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. You've got to say, Lord, I don't want this old chunk anymore. God, I don't want to entertain these old thoughts anymore. God, I don't want to participate in what I'm speaking anymore. God, I want to be changed. God, I want to be renewed. God, I want to be transformed in you. Create in me a clean heart. Lord, renew your spirit in me. Number two, ask God for help every day. Why did I say every day? Because every day is a new day. Every day you have a new opportunity. Every day you're going to have new conversations. Every day you're going to face new circumstances. And I don't know about you, but there are some days, there are some days that I need God more that day than ever before. So I'm going to challenge you. 
ask God for help every day. The Bible says in Psalm 141, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. You can't do it by yourself. We've proved that time and time again. We can't do this on our own. We need God's help. I'm going to challenge you. Ask God for help every day. Number three, think before you speak. Come on, that's, that's wisdom that we give to our kids. We share that with our kids when they're in school, when, when they're going through their lives as they're growing up. We've said that. If you haven't said that, I'm surprised because most of us have. We've told our kids, you need to think before you speak. Yet we say it to them, but for some reason or another, we don't do it. Well, I'm an adult. I don't have to. Really? Really? Because if we want to be the reflection of Christ, then we've got to do everything we can. If we want to truly be all in, then we've got to be willing to do everything that needs to be done in order to reflect who he is. So I challenge you today, begin to think before you speak. In other words, engage your mind before you put your mouth into gear. James says it this way in James chapter 1, verse 19. You must be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. You've got to be quick to listen. Did you know there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth? Could it be that we should listen twice as much as we speak? Be quick to listen and slow to speak. There's a specific order here. You listen and then you speak. You're, if you're quick to listen, you'll be slow to speak. If you're slow to speak, you'll be slow to become angry. If you have a problem with anger, you need to work on being quick to listen. Look what Lao Tzu once said. He said, watch your thoughts they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Isn't that what we've been talking about this morning? Your tongue has the ability to steer and guide. Your tongue has the ability to destroy or to encourage. Your tongue is going to lead and guide your life. Why? Because it displays who you are. Question I've got to ask. What does your tongue say about you? I want you to go back and I want you to think about your conversations this week. Maybe it's a conversation you had with your spouse. Maybe it's a conversation you had with your mom and dad. Maybe it's a conversation you had with your coworkers or your employer or employee. What does your tongue say about you? Because it'll steer, it'll guide, it, it will destroy or encourage 
but it will define who you are. See, I'm going to challenge you. This is going to be maybe a difficult altar call, but I feel like there are several people in this room, and if we were honest with ourselves, we need to watch what we're, what we're saying. We need to watch our mouth. Because it's not bringing glory, it's not bringing honor to God. And if we're not careful, it will destroy what God's put before us. Would you bow your heads with me today? Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to you.